Calgary football fans, this is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment. What is going on, everybody? Appreciate y'all tuning in today to the Bo Show. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of CFL, obviously, with the season winding down right here. Um, but yeah, nominees are out. Um, you can go check out each one of your team's nominees. Uh, looking forward to a lot of good players out there that have deserving of a lot of awards. So uh, it's been a fun year in that standpoint. But um, comes down to the last game. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think everybody in the, the locker room is right now because uh, it's been a it's been a couple years that we've had a do or die situation uh, in week 21, week 22, last game of the season. And it's a playoff feel. It's a great cup feel that, you know, you either win, you're in, you lose, you're out. It's that kind of feeling for us, uh, either, you know, getting first place, getting second place. When was the last week 21 or week 20, whatever it is, because there didn't used to be three buys. Uh, tell me about the last game you can remember. And has there been one since we have the stands? Man, um, honestly, the, the last one I can I can remember would be, and I don't, I don't even know if it's, it's true. I know we tied... Edmonton 14 and four the year they won the Grey Cup. So it's three years ago. 2015, yeah. Yeah, so we tied them 14 and four. Um, but I don't know if that was based off the last game of the season or not. No, like, I mean, you you went right, right down to the wire and you were in a spot where you needed to win to give yourself a shot for first place, but it wasn't totally in your hands. So there's still tie breaks and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, they so had the tie break. They, okay. had the, they, they had the first tie break because they won two of three that year. You yeah. won Labor Day, uh, and then they won the next two games. Oh. So it, it was it was funny enough. It was at BC Place in Vancouver. <laughs> same thing. Uh, Stampeders won 28-7 against the Lions, but Eskimos also won. So the Eskimos got first, and the Stampeders uh, played in the West Division. And so. was that the freezing cold West Final with Saskatchewan, or was that a different game? I'm no, that to... was West Final was against Edmonton that year. Sorry, the semifinal, yeah. I should say, because, of course, you would have hosted the West, uh, West semifinal, semifinal was at McMahon against BC. Mm. Uh, 35-9 was the score that year. That was uh, that was a year that BC actually had a pretty good year, but then just weren't close uh, yeah. in the West Semi, and then... 45-31 was the final score at Commonwealth in the West Final. I was trying to remember the year that Cornish had like 15 turnovers and it was minus a billion. <laughs> the ball was like a rock. Oh, the Sass. Yeah, it was Sass. Oh, it was the semifinal. That, that was probably the, the worst final? game I've ever, ever been a part of because oh. only because every one of those fumbles were like 30 or 40 yard plays. <laughs> yeah. It was like Corn would run the ball for 30 yards, ball got stripped. Oh, Mo geez. Price had like a 50 yard catch. Oh. Makes a guy miss, and the next guy that hits him fumbles the ball. Same thing. Joe West has one on the side. Or no, Brad Sinopoli has one on the sideline. Side makes a guy miss. As he starts to get upfield, the guy hits him, fumble. And it was like we just could not hold on to the ball. Um, but, yeah, man, I was actually, you know, we were talking. We, we do chapel every day, too. Uh, we have a team chaplain that comes in. We talk to guys spiritually, obviously. But we try to apply it to being men and, and just how it uh, applies to our lives, and you know, not, not only outside of football but inside of football. And, um you know, confidence is a hell of a thing. And the one thing that I see is that um, I feel like the individual confidence has been there from guys at times, and the team confidence is where we were lacking a little bit in each game. You know, it's almost like we come into the game with some confidence, and then, you know, if offense makes a mistake, you know, maybe defense loses a little bit of confidence in them, and you start to feel like just a little bit of separation, nothing that I've felt in the past with some teams that have felt clicky to me. Um but there's always been somebody that says something. Everybody gets them back up. But, you know, Josh Bell got in front of us and, and uh, before the game and talked to us. And I felt like our confidence was sky high. I felt like we were 
we felt great going in the game. We felt more like the Sam Peters than I think we felt in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I think game, the, the, just going back to the last game, I think it started off really well. You know, we go down, you know, great kick return, which we didn't have the last game um, versus Sass. We had, you know, we, were, we weren't doing great on, uh, on return game-wise. Yeah. And then, you know, Romar takes it down to like the 50-yard line. Kickoff return one, then we drive down. Uh, you know, put the ball in breast hands in the end zone, almost comes up with it, doesn't, we get a field goal. And then we drive right back down again, about 70, 80 yards, get to the five-yard line. And that's like just those moments that we typically don't have that, you know, we should score a touchdown right there, but instead we fumbled the ball. And, you know, that's they go down and kick a field goal. The game's tied 3-3 instead of 10-0. And you're looking at a 10-point swing. And then um, we, you know, kind of go back and forth a little bit between just – uh, punts with each other and then uh, we have a second and 20 you know we throw a short one try to get you know half of a back punt the ball change field position um, and we fumble the ball again inside of their green zone and they score another touchdown you know that's instead of zero points they score seven that's a seven point swing for us um, you know that's an extra 17 points right there and you know you can keep going there's more and more plays that you look at you know, crappy the, call on the goal line. The touchdown, yeah, the touchdown <laughs> at the end. Um, it's so funny because we had the conversation last week at Wild Rose, and you're like, "Hey, do you ever wonder about the?" I'm like, "Where's Bo going with it? Like, what are you talking about? Digging up conspiracy <laughs> theories?" And then, sure enough, next game you play, there's a yeah. call that doesn't make any sense that they screw up on the field and in the control room. From my opinion, I mean, that was on point last week. Yeah, man, those ones, those ones hurt because you know that's that's why you have replay to you get know, it right. It's just a and. And the fans see it too, and everybody that is in media watching all says the same thing. You know, I just I just don't see how everybody can have the exact same opinion except one group of people inside of a room together. Um, yeah, I mean, it was tough, but, you know, ultimately, hey, it comes down to us. If we hold on to that ball, it's, there's no question about it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. um, it was a good play by them. But, yeah, no, those ones hurt because, you know, you're making a comeback. Things feel good. You're trying to – Build some confidence in your guys, and something like that happens. Where How much does that sap momentum or just kind of feel like a kick in the gut when something like that happens? Oh, definitely. I mean, momentum's gone because the game's over. I mean, The clock know, all of a sudden, yeah. you can't do what you need to do, yeah, right? Yeah, you still need two two scoring possessions. You know, we, we make the decision right there to, to go for the touchdown to, set, to kick the field goal, um, and I love the decision. I think it's it shows confidence in our guys. It says, hey, let's go out and win it and not, you know, hope for something else to happen. Let's go win it right now. And, um, you know, I think it's – it, it, it's a kick in the gut because Dave has the confidence and we have the confidence to make the play. We make the play and, you know, it gets kind of taken out of our hands. And that's, those are the ones that hurt because, you know, you look, you look at each other and you're like, man, I mean, we, we did what we could. Um, you know, we, we, you look offensively, defensively, there's four plays. And I, I told y'all a couple weeks ago, you know, there's usually about five to six plays a game that, that decide the actual game. Most of them are, you know, six, 10, 15 yard plays that don't really decide the game, but there's about five or six scoring plays, big turnovers that, that, that tell a game. Um, and to me, it's the two fumbles that we had that, that they got 10 points off of. And, uh, and on defense, the, the two plays that you have touchdowns that nobody's covering a guy, you know I mean? It's just things that we don't typically do that, you know, even if, even if, even if Dave, uh, I think it's Dave Walatarski. Uh, Drew Walatarski. Drew Walatarski. Yeah. Even if, oh, bombers, even if yeah. he's being covered, you know, like he catches it and like embrace the tackle and goes, scores a touchdown. You feel better about that than just a guy running wide open. Um, and then, you know, uh, second 20, fumble the ball. And it's one of those where you you almost, I, I when I'm coming off the field, I, I it's hard for me to even look my defense in the eyes 
when we fumble the ball on second and 20 sure. inside their you green zone. Down. It's like, hey, good luck. You know what I'm saying? Like, give up three points is a win right here. And that's that's a tough position because you're trying to have each other's backs. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time is just have each other's backs, go out there and play with confidence. And I feel like there's one or two things right now that keep taking that confidence away uh, in the game. But then after the game, we talk, we go watch film, and you realize, like, hey, we're right there. It was actually like when we went back and broke it down, there's about 18 points that we just left out there or gave away, and the game's not even close, even with giving up the two big wide-open touchdowns. And just to make sure we're all on the same page, looked like a catch, looked like he survived the ground, and then the ball stripped. Did anyone see it differently than that? I mean, break the plane or not, it's an argument to me, but they didn't even spot it where the well, catch was. And that's, so it's that's, like, that's the stupidest me. part. So when Call it I mean, incomplete? As, as a player, you watch it on the screen. You know what I mean? And as a player, you know. You can watch the other side of the field. You can watch our side of the field. Their offense started to walk off the field. Their <laughs> defense starts to walk back on. Our offense walks on the field. Every football player on the field believed it was a catch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, how is it not a catch? I understand. I, I do agree with you. My, my one thought on the, on the actual play, I said, no matter what, it's a catch. Whether or not he got the ball across the goal line yeah, is a different right. question. So you might be in a spot where you got to punch it in now. All no, no, because no, it was, was third, third down. down. Oh, right, that's but, right. But, it was third but they would have taken over at inches, exactly, so rather than at the five the... or the six, wherever it was. Well, right. right. And instead of a nine-point game, you know, if we most likely they're not going to punt out of that situation. Most likely they'll take the the safety, sure. kick it off, and now it's a seven-point game. We have a chance yeah. to go down and score a yeah, touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's a completely different football. One hundred percent. They just, I mean, I could understand them saying maybe it didn't break the plane. Not how I saw, but it's like okay, it was close enough. I could buy a bit of that. But to say that it was incomplete pass is well, yeah, backwards because he's on his the, back. They upheld the decision. He's on his back, to, holding it still. Yeah. That's yeah. surviving the ground, and then it's swatted loose. Like that, yeah. the play's dead, and then he essentially gets it stripped. Like, what, how in the world can they come up with the decision? The, the arrive where they did as a final decision is baffling. That's that's what frustrated me is that they upheld what was because I thought, okay, yeah, wrong. I get it from wrong the call official field. standpoint, yeah. right? Like, you know, maybe your angle wasn't perfect, or maybe it was. It you had, get one look at it, you make the wrong call. That's why you have the command center, and you're like. I don't understand what they were seeing that confirmed that, that was the right yeah, call. Yeah, that's, that's what got me. I mean, I always, you know, it's not that the refs make the decision they see on the field. It's not them once it goes to replay, right? Like you're saying, it's the guys in the command center. Yeah, two groups so of I'm, people screwed up. Yeah, so and I'm you talking, give the officials a break. That's why, the, as Pat yeah. said, there is a control center. And I'm talking to the refs on the field. I'm like, guys, that's that's a catch. And, and both the refs said to me, they go, I don't know, man. It doesn't look like he survives contact with the ground. And I said, the ground. I was like, listen to what you said. He survives contact with the ground. Does he survive contact with the the next player that comes in? No. But the best part about it, man, is like when you slow it down, he first off, he double catches it. But the second one he catches, he plugs against his chest. The defensive back that hits the ball goes at it with one hand, hits it, ball doesn't move. That's, so he still slides on the ground. That's the contact. And then the second hand comes through. Like he's he is past Eric. So he's he's now I made an attempt at the ball and started to get past Eric's body and his hand that's, that's trailing him swipes the ball and they called that as the ball that made that made it incomplete. And that's just amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It yeah. was, you know, it's one of those that, you know, chalk up to the game. It's uh, Well, get rid of get rid of those in the regular season. Make sure that those are all done. We don't yeah. need any of those BS calls in the playoffs. Yeah, Holy. Yeah, get rid of those. Um, what do you, how, I mean, when I saw it, I didn't think as bad, but now reading everything and slowing it back down, the Caleros hit. I thought it was bad. I thought it was like, that was a, that's exactly what football is trying to, 
Yeah, and I know that you know you've got the whole thing about make football violent again and all that. But that that to me, whether it's this day and age or five years ago, that's still a guy going targeting the guy's head uh, in in a straight up situation. Like he went right on. When I saw it in real time, I was like, oh my goodness. How is he going to get up from that? And then you see it in slow motion, and yeah. it's even worse. I thought that was a bad hit from Odell Willis. I'm looking at it right now because, again, yeah, I'm okay. watching stamps. So, I'm not paying attention to this other stuff. Like, so I'll let you look at that. Uh, so in real time, because the angle's from the backside, he's kind of running to his left, and he tosses it out to the, the flat. And in real time, I thought he hit him with his shoulder, and maybe his head had you know, hit his pads and then gone up to Zach's head. But yeah. then when I saw it slow down, I was like, no, no, like – he like looked at Zach's face, targeted his face, and put the crown of his helmet down and hit Zach in the face. Like for me, that's a roughing the passer call. If what you saw at first glance was what happened, okay, that's roughing the passer. You take a look at the actual hit itself. You're like, that's okay, targeted. that's roughing the passer. That's targeted. That's like, okay, we need supplementary discipline. That, yeah. that was a bad hit. So here's here's the negative side of this. Okay, so they make a mistake. They admit to making a mistake. Um, which again. For refs, that's hard in real time. I've, I got hit in the head three times in the last three games, and not one of them's got called. And I understand it because I go back and watch it on film. Like, how do you miss this? And then you know, you see it on film, and there's a left tackle and a defensive end that's in the vision of the ref. Like, it's not always it's not always cut and dry. But you know, the, to me, you go back and look. It's targeting, and they call it. So all right, so CFL admits. Okay, you know what? That should have been called right on the field. Spotter should have got Zach off the field. We won't make that mistake again. We're going to tighten down on this. Now, here's where the problem lies. Okay. I believe to to fix this situation that every roughing the passer that becomes head to head, they're going to take the quarterback out of the play out of the game for three plays, right? So that he can get looked at and make sure he's okay. And that's dangerous because the, both of the last two great cups have come down to the last play. And if you hit me in the head and we get 15 yards on roughing the penalty, here comes Andrew Buckley or Nick Arbuckle, and they're throwing, you know, the last pass of the game because we're just trying to be careful because of, you know, pass mistakes and whatnot. That's what worries me is that any roughing the passer they call it head-to-head, they're just going to say, don't even chance it, just get the guy off the field. You know, I mean, it's it's dangerous. This is the one thing with the concussion spotters is that – when a guy's right and needs to be out there for crucial moments, and it's not clearly the perfect solution. The flip side is that you don't want guys playing through things when they're dazed. So I don't know. I don't think there's a silver bullet to fix it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough spot. But yeah, if, if you get down to crunch time and someone really wanted to like strategize, yeah, like, oh, I'll just go take a 15 yard penalty and that guy's going to sit for the next three plays. So the problem is you could probably avoid that eventuality that you're talking about if. You don't need to challenge the cut. Like it was a late hit and a bad. Okay, so we're we're trying to we're trying to protect quarterbacks and protect skilled players in this league. Like whether that's a helmet to helmet hit or not, that's a 15 yard penalty because you don't hit a quarterback that late. That that one was pretty cut and dry. Okay, so you miss it on the field, but the fact that it was helmet to helmet and late, and they had to challenge it, that that makes it a little bit more difficult for the the league not to go down that road because. If, if they go down that road, at least they're covered, and at least they, they have something to fall back on, whereas it's a little harder to say just call it right on the field. And that's, that's what frustrated me is that it looked like it was such a blatant rough in the passer call that it should have been called right on the field. There was no excuse. There's more excuse to call the Eric Rodgers pass, even though it got confirmed in command center. Yep. But there's more excuse to call that incorrectly. Than, than what I saw in that Riders-BC game. That was just a bad hit, and Commissioner you got to call that right. 
Commissioner's come out and said we failed on all fronts here. Yeah, like that's, that's that's a that's two bad looks in what back to back weeks or was it the same week? Same week. Well, and and if the yeah, CFL if the CFL really wants to crack down, if they want to make sure that they don't have to go down that road that you're talking about, well then Just make suspend, the call on the field. Suspend Odell Willis yeah. and say, look, okay, you can't be targeting quarterbacks' heads here, and you're going to sit for a game, and that all of a sudden becomes a pretty big deterrent because that's an important game that you're losing you know, one of the best defensive ends in football for. So, and I know that some people might say that's a little bit too extreme, but. I thought that but on hit plays was a like that is it like I don't think it like is. the ones that I'm saying I got hit in the head on. There's a D lineman coming free in the middle. I'm about to get sacked and I duck my head. You know what I mean? Like as a defensive player, that's really hard to avoid not hitting the quarterback in the head. But on that play, Zach and Odell are rolling out together. It's I mean it's no juke move. Zach just lightly touches the ball over the top. Doesn't he's not trying to make the guy miss. He's not ducking his head. And you go head to head. There's no reason for that helmet, helmet to helmet contact happen. You know what I mean? Like he should have put his shoulder in Zach's chest if you wanted to hit him and take him to the ground. But there was no reason for it. Um, to me, those are the ones that are suspendable. Those are the ones that are targeting. And and it sucks to say as a player, like you know, you almost feel like you're selling out on other players. But it's the truth. I mean, you know, if you're gonna call it on, you know, some of them, you gotta call it on on all the ones you believe that are actually targeting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, the reason I brought it up is because I worry about what happens in playoffs now. Well, someone comes out on, on the text line and says, roughing the passer as a strategy to have the quarterback sit three plays. Interesting. All of a sudden, well, if you start said, doing yeah. that. If, you, it, if it, a guy's coming out, yeah. all you have to do is put your helmet on his helmet and you know yeah. he's out. And it's, it's not a rule. It's not like the CFL came out and said, you know, every roughing the passer when no, it's helmet, helmet contact. That it goes that way. Well, absolutely, because the spotters are going to say, listen, I'm not going to be the one getting called out because I was being – you know, I thought that he could play. I thought he looked fine. He was making the no huddle call the next play. Um, but th- what are what are you doing as a concussion spotter if you don't think that that's a hit that he needs to come out for? Well, I mean, to me, it's it's you have to judge the reaction of the player after. Now, I remember last year getting hit and basically getting concussed. Um, you know, I get hit in the chest, my head slams against the ground. You know, and I I know right then and there, I know something's not right. You know what I mean? I, I lay on the ground, I don't move. To me, the only way I can see it is Zach gets hit in the face, it hit, his head hits the ground, but the moment it does, he moves Odell out of the way and looks up the field for the play to see, was it a completion? Did he move back? You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not doing that if you're concussed. I don't believe you are, but Zach's had, that's his third one this year. Yeah. That's his, that, and that's the dangerous part is, you know, he stands up, he squats back down, he stands back up, he squats back down. You know, he starts to try to call the no-huddle play right. I believe the coaches realize that he doesn't call the no-huddle play right, and then they call timeout. And then he starts, you know, cussing out the ref or having words with the ref um, because he doesn't understand how he doesn't see it. And that's, and that's where I agree. I mean, it's it's got to be seen, but for that reason, in playoffs, in crunch time, you know, if I get hit, if we're on the 30-yard line and we need a touchdown and I get hit in the head and we get a 15-yard penalty to go down to the 15-yard line, you can't take me out for three plays. If I'm, if yeah. I'm responsive, if I feel good, you know what I mean? If I'm saying the right things, you can't take me out. And that's what that's what I worry about. It's back-to-back conspiracy theory bow shows. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I thought you were crazy in the first one. Then we saw a brutal call from the control center the four conspiracy theories. <laughs> but, I mean, to the point, though, I was I was saying it for ratings to make it better. Yeah, well, and, but, but that it, made but sense. But it actually, it actually messes ratings up for them. Did it mess them up? Cause well, because if Winnipeg loses and we win, right? Yeah, we clinch. But now Edmonton still has a chance, and now the Edmonton-Winnipeg game decides who's in the playoffs. True, but now you also have Saskatchewan and Calgary playing for home field. But but Sass isn't even playing. You know what I mean? So, okay, like, BC's, yeah, so BC's locked in fourth. 
they could sit guys if they wanted to. Sask, you know, Ottawa sitting guys, you know, to me it's it's it was it was more like when when the when all of a sudden I realized that the outcomes of the plays were starting to to marry up to the uh you know the What's situations well yeah what was happening next week. All right, we'll take a quick break. Hit us up on the text line nine six zero nine six zero. Let me know your thought. Did you think it was a catch, not a catch? Uh, you know, on the on the other hit as well. You know, let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you want to talk about. Any, any quirky plays you saw, uh, and what you want to see this upcoming weekend. You're listening to the Bo Show on Sports at nine sixty. The fan. The Bo Show for SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah! yeah. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, we are back. Text in nine six zero nine six zero. We were just talking over the uh, the controversial catch and also the the hit on Caleros from uh, D Lyman. Um, Odell Willis. Odell Willis. I can't want to say Drew Willis. I don't know why I'm getting everybody's first names wrong right now. <laughs> Love Dave. I'm a concussion spotter. You're gonna have to sit for the next three minutes. <laughs> At least you're, you're out doing for the next job. three minutes. Take me in. Will jump in for me. Um, just say hell yeah, Will. All right, so I guess city. let's let's continue ah. just a little bit on that. Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> Only Bo is. So that's is that Zach's third of the year? I believe that is his third of the year, and I, he's had uh, multiple ones uh, before that too. Like he has a history of concussions. So is he coming back? I don't know, and they have not announced as of yet, and well, I don't you? think they're going. I mean, they're on a buy right now, which is maybe the best news of all, that they don't have to worry about results. They know that they're hosting a playoff game at some point, whether it is next weekend or the weekend after. So if you're if you're Saskatchewan, like, I, I won't lie, Saskatchewan's probably hoping you guys lose on on To get Saturday. two weeks. So they get two oh, weeks sure. to, get, to get Zach right. Um, I don't know. I, I If I were to be a guessing man right now, if they're hosting the West Division semifinal, I might be leaning towards no. If they're hosting the Jeez. West Final, I might be leaning towards no. So yes. against against Winnipeg, who they just lost thirty-one to zero. Yes. Yeah. I think I think they find a way to get. I think they'll, the they'll field. Fi- figure out a way. <laughs> I mean, I mean Zach's, knowing Zach's him, a competitor. He'll want yeah, to, right? Zach's a competitive man, but he's. I've, I mean, I've talked to him before. Like he he also, you know, he cares about life outside of football as well. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some guys that are just. Um, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, I'll use football meathead that like, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you know, there's, there's guys like Mike, uh, you know, myself at times where you'll play through anything. Um, but concussions are just one of those things you, you try not to mess with, you know, it's, um, and you, if you had three this year and I don't, I don't know if that's, I want to say that's correct. I know he had the one in the preseason. I just don't remember the other one. Is that what his other injury was? Was another concussion Just gonna go look earlier right in the now. year? Okay. Well, yeah. So I mean, if that's his third of the year, that's that's dangerous. I know, you know, even even Dave, you know, just speaking on the side is just he's like, man, you know, I hope he just I hope he makes a smart decision for himself. Uh, but hey, man, I mean, uh, Brandon Bridge got playoff time last year, and he looked good in the playoffs last year. You know, I, I know that you know Jones maybe doesn't, you know, give him the uh, the head nod as much as maybe you know he should based off how Bridge has played, in my opinion, in the past, but. Um, I mean, Bridges played well, so with that defense, the way they played this year, I think either way, I think they're going to look strong in the playoffs. I mean, that team, that team goes nine and two down the stretch after a pretty rough start to the weather. Well, three and four to start, they finish nine and two. 
They look good. They yeah. look good coming into the takeaways on defense, big plays, and they need them. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's if that guy, if, if that group gets to host in that environment, West Final. Oh yeah, that that's a whale of an accomplishment for the after the slow start. Well, a couple of receivers that have emerged, kind of a three-headed monster at running back. They don't really have that feature back guy that kind of go between three different guys depending on yeah. the, the situation. No, they give like all guys, all three guys, ten carries, and yeah, and whoever has a hot hand, they kind of give a little bit more. But yeah, so they're they're a dangerous team, and they're well coached. They they've got good versatility on D, and they are much better offensively than they were in the first half of the season, but. Without Caleros, yeah, they'll still be a tough out. I just don't know if I love them as much without their number one quarterback. Yeah, so I was looking at, um, we get like a weekly breakdown of the entire year of stats. And it's just on every single team. So I'm looking at the team statistics and I'm going through and highlighting us, Sask, and Winnipeg based off the teams that are going to be in the playoffs in the West. Um, And just kind of, I mean, just really how similar we all are when it comes to defensive categories. Um, You know, Sask is far and above everybody when it comes to scoring on defense but but stats wise uh you know it's us and winnipeg right there next to each other and then sass kind of leans on both sides of the spectrum they have a lot of big plays they give up a lot of big plays um but it was crazy to see how similar all the teams are and sass all their offensive stats are pretty low for the entire year but same with you know us and winnipeg are all right next to each other and that was again building on that confidence thing i was talking about is going back to look at like guys i mean no matter what we still have the same roster you know, it might be different guys starting wearing the jersey this week, but it's the same roster we started the year with. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, you know, just look at the teams you're playing, find out, you know, no team is that much better than you. You're not that much better than any other team. Um, and looking at it, man, it was crazy. The one thing I did see, so defensive touchdowns, there's three teams tied at second place with five. Do y'all, anybody know how many Sask has? For defensive touchdowns? Yeah. Three <sighs> teams are tied in second place with five. I'll say eight. I think I knew this, but no, I don't remember anymore. 11. 11. Ooh. They scored 11 defensive touchdowns. I mean. <laughs> they they are, like, in the, the, they're clearly the number one scoring defense in the in the CFL, and they've got, they've got so many guys that can make plays. Like, whether you're talking about Jefferson on the line or what they're able to throw out you in the backfield, like, they just have so many different plays. And that's, you know, it's kind of the hallmark of a Chris Jones defense is that they've got guys who can slot into different positions, you can use them in different spots of the field, and they can mix things up on you in any given coverage. That's that's kind of the hallmark of a Chris Jones defense, and it's not overly surprising to see the Riders have as big a lead. I didn't think it was that big, though. 11, uh, 11 touchdowns on defense. It's, it, that's just insane. Uh, we have one. I mean, that's what, like, and, and you can't tell me their defense stats and all these things are better than ours. I mean, they, but when they take the ball away, that's the difference. When they, when they take the ball away, they score. And I think it's just the chaos of what they do, moving guys around, throwing defensive linemen at safety and blitzing safeties. Um, they try to move your quarterback's eyes around and make that one mistake. You know, well, yeah, we're going to give up a big play. We'll give up some chunks here and there. But at some point, you'll make a mistake. And once you do, we'll make you pay for it. Yeah. And I think that's where um, the one stat I looked at, us, Sask, and um, Winnipeg, all five, all three of us, when we were winning the turnover battle, we are 10-0. Winnipeg's 10-0. Sask is 8-1. When we lose the turnover battle, we are 0-5. Winnipeg is 0-5. Sask is 0-6. Wow. <laughs> And you guys are the top three turnover ratio teams in the CFL, yeah, too. But when you lose it, yeah. you know, I mean, that, and that's just the difference in football teams. That right is there. the stat. There's no other stat that correlates more to winning in football than turnover yeah. ratio. 
And that's that's what got me. Um, one stat I found interesting. Montreal. They ran the ball the least amount of times of any team in the league. And they lead the league in per attempt. And they were fourth in rushing yards. <laughs> Tells me, like, you need to be running the ball more. You don't know where you are. <laughs> you had Terrell Sutton and you had Standback, and you should have been getting those guys yeah. the ball a little bit more. Yeah, they are gaining 5.8 yards per rush. Jeez. The number four rush team overall in the league. Yeah. Uh, yes, r- yet rushing attempts, they are 20 behind the Stampeders uh, in terms of what that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually an interesting one that you bring up. Because I, yeah, it was just, you, sometimes you look at those stats and, you know, you just don't, you don't realize how close teams are when it comes to things, but then all of a sudden some things really jump out at you. You know, like we, uh, I want to say, you know, we have some like the second least turnovers in the league or first, I think second. And, you know, we're, we've thrown the second least amount of picks, but we have like the, we're really close on the amount of fumbles. Like we've fumbled the ball a lot this year. We haven't lost a lot of them, we, but we've fumbled the ball a lot. And right. I think that's something that is being said to our guys like, hey, you know, if turnovers is what's going to win us the game, we realize that when we win the turnover battle, we do not lose the game. That's got to be your main point of emphasis. You catch the ball, it's got to be – it's not about breaking five tackles. It's about putting two hands on the ball, getting vertical, get a couple extra yards. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, – that, so, Montreal, that Montreal stat is – I mean, you can understand it a little bit that they're, they've been trailing well, virtually yeah, yeah. every game this year. Yep. But – You'd think that even when you're trailing, if you're that good a team on the, on the ground, you'd try to go back to it a little bit more. Because Sutton's a good player, and Standback, I think, is a, like a future star in this league. So if you're the Alouettes, why don't you run it a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I, there, was, there was some that jumped out at me, man. I thought that was a, an interesting one when I saw that. Um, anything uh, text line-wise after what Take we talked about here. in that first? Uh, let's see. Um this reads, uh, I firmly believe that was a blown call by the command center. Replay shows Rodgers broke the plane and survived initial contact. He had possession into the ball, was stripped from his hands. One question, though, is how this differs from the Hail Mary pass to Bagleton against the Eskimos. Ball was stripped after contact, and the catch was incomplete. Uh, also, could you describe a victory scenario if Rodgers' pass was ruled complete? So remember, it okay. wasn't yeah. was it Bagleton or was it Breskison? It was actually Bres. Yeah, it was Breskison. Uh, so Brest catches the ball in the air, but but on that one with me, I also believe that uh, Grimes had his hands on the ball as well. So I don't think that was like a a, a locked up catch by Bresk. But as Bresk even starts to go to the ground, you yeah, before he really even hits the ground, you see Grimes start pushing the ball, and and to me that's where the ball wasn't complete. Um, I I believe he didn't he never he never personally possessed the ball through the ground and held it, you know, for a moment of time. I didn't, I don't feel like he had it. There was, you know, a couple guys had their hands on the ball, but at the, the entire time Grimes had his hand on the ball, pushed it down and then popped it out at the end. Uh, to me, I believe that was the difference. The, the Eric Rogers one, you know, he catches the ball, he hits the ground, he slides on the ground, a guy swipes at the ball and misses. And then the next swipe comes out and knocks it out. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, I, I just, you know, it was one of those, I thought it was obvious. Mean. So then, what? What is okay? Let's let's assume that they get the call right. Okay. And, so then, and what, 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 how do you what what happens next? What's the ideal victory scenario? Because you're down by four before the convert, right? Um, yes. So I I mean I believe we would have kicked the extra point right there. Yeah. Uh, and then there would have been, I want to say, 
we were just entering the three minute warning when we got the ball down towards their end zone. Um, so you got to get a stop. Because and get Sass, the ball back. yeah, because I mean, sorry, it was Sass. Perfect. Winnipeg got a couple first downs in order to run the clock out basically until they gave it back at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it would have been either kick it on side or kick it off and trust the defense and then uh, drive down and kick a field goal. Which I mean, you saw in the end, we did in two plays. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we threw two ten yard routes. We got the ball to bounds. Renee kicked a fifty yard field goal and. And we're a couple seconds away from you know making a play after that. But so you, yeah. So the three minute warning hit. It was the first play after the three minute warning yeah. that you threw to Rogers. Uh, so that would have been that you would have been inside that that window to get the ball back and try and drive it downfield. Yes. Yeah. You got the ball after Hamlet. Uh, sorry, after Winnipeg ran it out. You got the ball back with what twenty one seconds to go down and get that field goal. So if everything plays out the same, Harris gets a couple of first downs or whatever. Then you get the ball back with 21. You're down. You're in a much better situation to move down the field and, and kick a field goal as opposed to. Because what? That would have. If you go seven, so that would have put you down 29 25. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been. Well, no, we, by, we'd have been down by three. Yeah, right. Kick the convert. Yeah, yeah kick, kick the, the convert. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you wouldn't go for two because if you miss it, then the field goal doesn't tie the game. Yeah, no, yeah. you would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's the, I, again, people question me that, hey, do you think you should have kicked the field goal there? And I'm like, no, we're on the five yard line. Yeah, you're that close. Yeah, yeah. we have to. What are the, the odds you're going to get that close zone. again? Yeah, you got to get have to put the ball close. in the end zone right here because after this kickoff, you know they're gonna they're gonna run as much time as they can down. You mm-hmm. can't have to be throwing hail mary to win the game. You should have to be, you know, getting ten to fifteen yard plays in mm-hmm. order to kick that field goal, uh, which we've done a lot. So it was so it was twenty nine eighteen. When Rodgers catches that ball, so it would have been 29-25 if you go for the convert. Uh, so that would have put you down by 25. four. Yeah. So so would you would you have oh, gone no, for yeah. two? Oh, yeah, so then we would have gone yeah. for two. Yeah, so you would have gone for two Yeah, then. so then we would have gone for two and then and decided then, after yeah, that gotcha. whether or not to. I mean, was it 29-18? Yeah, it's 29-18. I thought it was 28-18. No? Because they, they win 29-21. Okay. So it was 29-18. At the time, that would have made it twenty nine twenty five. If you go for seven, and obviously, yeah, you go so for we would the have two had point to go for three. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, man, the one thing about that game, I mean, I, I know you said you, I don't know if you were watching or not, but the fog is whatever. The fog's not that bad, but they kept blowing their cannons off, and then that smoke would combine with the kind fog. Kind of blended into the fog. When I watch film, like you can't see half the plays in the second half. Oh no, you couldn't. You can't. You couldn't barely see him on television. Yeah, the TV was, was not painful. great. Matty Rose was making like ten pot jokes a minute about it being legal and, and Winnipeg enjoying, but that was not the <laughs> best game. Between the stupid seagulls a month ago in Montreal and then that crap, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just something's got to be said like right away to Winnipeg. Like, hey, no more cannons. The moment fog rolls in, you can't do it. Uh, it wasn't that bad on the field. Like, you know that on the field, we you, we could see each other. Uh, I mean, deep balls. You probably you know really had to focus to track them, but. On, on the film when I was watching, I was like, man, I can't believe this is what y'all were going through to try to watch this game. Yeah, it was <laughs> painful to watch on television. It was not a gooder. All right, not again, text in 960-960. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, let me know anything you want to talk about in this last segment, and uh, we'll get to it. You're listening to The Bow Show on Sportsnet 960 Defense. Back to The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome to your last segment of the Bo Show on this great Wednesday. Hey, happy Halloween, everybody. 
did not mention that at the beginning of the show. What's uh, Ellie's costume? Uh, she is a hippie. <laughs> That's good. Well, that makes that. sense. Whose idea? The wifey. So, all right, I don't know if I asked you guys this. There's but my boys waiting for the bus today. Yeah. The lion and the tiger. Yes. How <laughs> good is that? Um. So our original idea, because I bought her, I bought her this shopping cart. There's, there's this toy store, uh, Kensington. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The old time, right, right there next to uh, Hayden Block. Yeah. So I go in there, and all of a sudden, worst barbecue place in the city. <laughs> oh, sorry. All of a sudden, she walks up to me with a shopping cart, a baby-sized shopping cart, but made of metal, like, perfect. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, I got to get her this so that when we we go to the grocery store, she can just push this around next to mine. Sure. Um, And she loves it. She puts all her toys in it. You know, we pick it up. We take it to the the grocery store and everything. Um, And then Maddie is searching. uh, She goes through Pinterest a lot, and and Pinterest always has these great ideas. Like, hey, here's easy costumes, you know, no makeup, things like that. Um, and so she, her idea is, uh, and a lot of people have done it, so it's not Maddie's idea. It's not the first time anybody's done it, but wanted to make her a homeless person, <laughs> like to go around in a shopping cart. And like, she wanted to like, put like, you know, mud on her face and tear her clothes up a little bit. A hobo. And it's I was like, hobo. but I was like, that in this day and age, that seems <laughs> a not. little politically incorrect. That's a good audible by the yeah, quarterback. Man, yes. I mean, it was. Yeah, you read the coverage there. <laughs> Just like she was right about throwing left handed earlier in the yeah, year with Salma Holmes. She you was were right. right on this one. She was right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, you just imagine, you know, open up the door and they're like, oh my gosh, what is she? And you're like, oh, she's a homeless person. And I'm like, mm. ah, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and she started showing me the pictures on Pinterest, like all these people that did it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, that's cute. <laughs> that is, it, is, it looks funny, but. Um, have you seen some of the, and I won't go too far into them, but have you seen some of like on, on the daily mail little thing on, on Snapchat, I'll, I'll look through it in the morning just cause like the costumes most ridiculous. Stuff. And so they, they had this one story that it was like some of the most offside costumes. Like you're like, I won't even mention them on the air, but you're like, how did anybody think that a, this is a good idea to sell this Jeez. and B it's a better idea to buy it. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes to the point with what Megan Kelly said. You know what I mean? Like to even think that that's okay for one to say, but to two to think that's okay to do. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. There's a lot of people that, you know, they do some costumes, not, and, and I mean, it's, it is the day and age where everybody wants to be offended by something, but uh, there are some that are definitely politically incorrect and not, not okay to do. And I just felt like a homeless person probably was <laughs> yeah, more probably... teetering the line of not okay than okay. That's it's a like, good dad. Like last right year there. when mm-hmm. uh, Connor McDavid went as Donald Trump, it didn't really go as well for him. Yeah, Homer was more of the hit for yeah. sure. Look at this. We got. Uh, oh yeah, there's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, there's some showing some on the TV right now. Who's the Dave Chappelle crackhead character? Uh, someone was just dressed as. Someone who's dressed as him? Oh yeah, man, I, like uh, I forget. But that, that <laughs> that's a great character. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's got the head sway and everything. The, the mask is good. Oh. That's good. Somebody yeah. texts in. Don't do it. I dressed up as quote-unquote homeless person a few years ago. Quote-unquote. Complete with shopping cart full of bottles. It was mm. not received well no. anywhere. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because like, you got to think, the people that are in that situation. They're not picking like, that. No. Yeah, it's not. No. Hell, with know? text from three different numbers saying it's Tyrone Biggums. The, uh, Thank you. Tyrone, Tyrone Biggums. Biggums. Tyrone Biggums, right. yes. They got it in quick, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. three different numbers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so t- text in what you're wearing tonight for Halloween. Uh my wife and I are also going as hippies. We thought it'd just be easy sure. to do. We typically go pretty, pretty all out. We've got pictures all over the house of all of our, you know, costumes every year. Um, this year is a little bit different because of the situation going on right now. 
uh, you know, with the season, trying to make sure we get yes. out there and get a win. And, um, and apparently it was Emmanuel Sanders, by the way, who dressed you. up as Tyrone Biggums. That's good stuff. <laughs> it would be Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so d- does the team have a Halloween party, or is that uh, an off-the-record no answer, or is it a hard no, or does a it Halloween depend party? year to year? Yeah. Nah, I mean, I think if guys wanted, you know. They had a good one in Denver, go apparently. Out, they can go out. Yeah. Just ask Chad Kelly. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Oof. What's up with the uh, couple <laughs> quarterbacks getting arrested the last the last week? Yeah, where, where's the other one? Because I heard Rome going off about it today. Yeah, that's right. But Eli's what, back. This guy that could actually start so, by the end of the year. Yeah, so I mean, like, it has nothing to do with it, but I just want to bring up the awkward scenario of the fact that they're talking about trading Eli. Eli's, no, I want to stay here. And then all of a sudden, the backup quarterback gets arrested by the cops for a traffic violation. Yeah, we'd never <laughs> trade you, Eli. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, Ellie's first time going trick or treating tonight. Um, so, how old is she now? She is one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Basically, old enough to eat one piece of candy before she is going absolutely nuts. Okay. But I'm excited. We we've got some people right around us that I mean they like go all out. They've got the driveway with you know oh, yeah. covered it in tarp and they do like a haunted little theme going through it. Uh. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's going to be fun. So this is my third at the boys because yeah. their birthday is September. So when they were one, two, and now they're third. I think we had a Batman and Robin year one, Paw Patrol year two, and yep. now they get the lion and the tiger. It only gets better. Like she's gonna. It's not all gonna click for her, but next year she'll be all over it. Oh yeah. So uh, that's the thing. Like, are they scared? Year? Are they scared the first year? Uh, I don't know about scared, but just the whole concept doesn't really make any sense. And then a year later, they're like, "Why am I even asking questions? This is candy. Out of my way, people. Let's yeah, go." I guess it makes sense. All of a sudden, they're used to seeing a bunch of different people, and all of a sudden, they're all dressed up in masks, <laughs> yes. and they have no idea what they're doing. They both uh, win as Paw Patrol. Well, yeah, because there's like yeah. six different characters. I think Marshall and uh, Marshall's the fire dog. The yep. yeah, and the other, one, I think Chase is the cop. The cop. Yeah, you're raiding Paw Patrol wheelhouse. Now, I am. You? I am. Yeah. She's actually like just getting out of it. Yeah, uh, I think she's just starting to realize how much she likes movies. <laughs> oh, good. And still, yeah, it's. Is she seen what? What are the the hits that she's seen movies wise? You hitting the Disney's? Like you got Moana yet? Moana's not. Oh yeah, one. those were early. Like yeah. Moana was huge for her early. Frozen was huge for her early. Just because like the singing, the music. Sure. Um, but now she loves Hotel Transylvania one, two, and three. Oh, okay. she's ready for Halloween then. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she loves Cars. Uh, yeah, Paw Patrol's right there teetering on the edge. But, um, yeah, man, it's been it's been fun so far. I'm I'm excited to see how she reacts to tonight. But she definitely loves candy. So yeah. here's a couple of other that uh, people have gone as on Halloween on the text line. Um, there's some good ones here. Um, I'm wearing a red flames jersey and a cowboy hat, so I'm George Canyon. See, that's that's pretty easy. That's two that's items a, you can do that. Most people have those dunk. in their closet. Yeah. So many people dressing up as the Walmart yodel kid. Everybody's doing the the kid. Yeah. Saying what Hank Williams in Walmart. Uh, I'm going as a mix of Boomer, Rhett, and Pinder's old fro. Okay. That'd be an interesting one. I don't look. know what that is. You get uh, some nacho cheese, big hair, and then uh, a big boiler. That'd be a bit of each of us. What's What's the most popular outfit this year? What do you think is going to be like the – I know Donald Trump the last couple of years has been pretty big. Um, what do you think? That Walmart yodel kid is that's a pretty, po- that's a pretty popular one. Nah, that's a hit one. record. Yeah. <laughs> that's a oh, hit God. record. Yeah. See, that's how yeah. that's how you know. Walmart nah, singing kid, yeah, uh, the hit record. Do that yeah, again. With a cute little cowboy hat and a bow tie. Yeah, yeah it's uh, adorable. Yeah, yeah. Play yeah. hit record. That's how you know I'm not on social media. I have no idea what y'all are talking. You about. You don't know what the the Walmart yodel kid is? Oh, Bill, you got to play him now. I have no so idea. So some some like eight year old kid 
uh, goes to to Walmart and they I feel like it's the deep south. Singing. Maybe I'm crazy. I, yeah, I think it it's Texas. Actually, they, they, they brought him to Coachella whoa, whoa, this whoa, year, whoa, guys. That's what I mean. Like, how do you not know about this? They gave him a remix, like a DJ. Oh, yeah. He's got a full on song now. It's out on Spotify. Have you have you found the video yet? No, dude. I'm telling you, I've... you got to get out that Billy. We, this we should end the bow show. Yeah, with... but he can't see it. I'll show it to him off the air after we close. Okay, well then everyone else doesn't hurt it. Not hear I'm sure right, everyone got, listening. We got five minutes. Any other good texts? Uh, can't read that one. I will not read the top one. <laughs> Wait, you said Maddie texted in? What did Maddie say? Uh, she's asking, uh, can you, uh, anybody describe where the best breadsticks are in Calgary? Breadsticks? Oh, There's lots of bakeries. Sticks. I don't know. Asking for Bo's pregnant wife is me. Ah, yes, of course. What's the Italian place on the 17th between? Breadsticks. Uh, what, Chianti? Is it, is it apparently, uh, uh, yeah. Bo, apparently you better pick some breadsticks up on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cravings are, cravings are, uh, yeah, they're real. <laughs> yeah. So, breadsticks. Make, make best, it happen. Best the breadsticks. The best part is uh, last night, so she, she, uh, she uh, teaches a spin class, and it's right next to a shopper's. <laughs> she gets out of spin, comes home, and, and, like, walks in the door. She's like, man, Bo, I'm really craving some chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I'm like, but... <laughs> but you there. were just right next to the store. All right, okay, I'll get it. <laughs> There's uh, somebody's doing um, Mike Myers from Halloween, dressed as Austin Powers, which I think is actually that's fairly solid. That's How about creative. this one though? Nine month pregnant wife going in as a dirty trucker, handlebar mustache, big gut, mullet wig. Could be that old. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy the. <laughs> I do enjoy the pregnant Halloween costume. <laughs> There's good. some really really good pregnant Halloween costumes. Like the, the moms that are like seven, eight, nine months, like really that really is showing. Fantastic. There's some really good ones out there. Get into it. Somebody's doing Little Caesars crazy bread. That's what is a uh, let's let's keep it CFL a little bit. What is a good? C- I have a good one. Okay, I've got a great one because I, I saw him out and about. Our boy John Bender. Was mm-hmm. dressed as Devon Claybrook. Yes. Hat to the side. Yes. Hat to the side. Little Bluetooth and that stare like I don't give a crap. It was outstanding. Yeah, that uh, I've seen Huff. Huff has been good. Uh, I had a little a little kid was Huff a couple years ago. That's unreal. Um, I Andre Prue. Because <laughs> he, he wears yeah because he's wearing, he wears his hat to the side. I feel like you could definitely do him. Um, and Chris Jones, you can de- wear the all black, the glasses. Yep, for sure. Football is a violent sport. <laughs> Just keep to say that all night. Bending over like this, and then you're good. Then you can do Chris Jones. Oh man, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I'm not allowed to comment, but I will one day. Football is a violent sport. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I got to get back so I can take my daughter out Halloween and bring uh, bread trick or treating. Bread and six, I gotta, don't obviously, yeah, do not forget bread. Yeah. Did we get anybody? Answer well, uh, that? There's not so Olive Garden, but Olive that's Garden, nowhere. Little Caesars. Uh, no. Those are the two. Sammy's. Um, Again, not close to your house. That's not close at all. It's going to be a bakery nearby you. Come on. Man, the Cobb's Bread. I've been there. Yeah. But I don't know if they have breadsticks. Do you have a little seat? Se- where, where, whereabouts are I do you? have a little seat right next like to The us. crazy bread's always a hit. You That's can't true. go wrong with that. That is true. Pick you yourself some, up a hot and ready. Get some chocolate time. ice cream as well. You can win the whole day. Where you <laughs> Look go? At <laughs> Look at the time. Got to run. And dress up as a hippie. Here we go. All right, guys. We'll appreciate y'all. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe tonight. Get in early. Get in before dark. Um, Top titty hell yeah.